0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today we're going to discuss a few subjects. We're going to talk about why do I care or should I care more than you. We're going to talk about a few different premises. One, I want you to help me, but I'm going to tell you how to help. I want you to help me in the way that I want versus the way that I need. We're going to also talk about why every time a brother make it, he going to marry a white woman, quote unquote. Never really understand that. So we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to also talk about why should I care about your situation, your health, more than you do? So, without further ado, let's get right to it.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: How are you this evening?
1: I'm well, thank you. How are you? Well, All right, let's talk so about it. Which, which one are we going to hit first?
0: Whichever one you want to start with.
1: Um. Uh, well... Let's go ahead and start with the. I need your help, but I want you to to help me this way. You know, oftentimes people who are in need of a helping hand want to give you instructions on how to help them. They come to you, and you know they um, they call messed up and you know you're willing to go over there and take a look at it for them and um, you know see if you can save money on you know or help them save money on buying the brakes and putting the brakes on yourself because you know how to do that instead they want you to take the car to the shop that they're used to dealing with and doing with, because they trust them. Or, you know, they want you to help them buy another car. Well, you got a car that they can use, they can drive, but they say, oh, no, thank you, I want a Toyota Camry. They but ain't got no money to pay, to pay for that Toyota Camry. A new one, yeah. They ain't got no money to pay for that Camry, nor do they have a job sufficient enough to even probably, you know, qualify them to go and sign papers for a loan.
0: That is very interesting.
1: They're saying, hey, I need help, but I only want your help if you can do this." this. That's really
0: hard to understand. So it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely it's interesting. You know, I had this one situation where I know a person who was, was um yeah, being put out on the street, being evicted. And 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 she had children. And um so she she reached out and one of the father father of one of her children said, Look, you know, I got this house your situation You know Down in the country You may have to relocate Which she wanted to relocate anyway And um, You know say, Down in the country Got the situation You can go ahead and post up there Now He was no longer with her Nor um, You know Did they have any type of I'd say cordial relationship when it comes to the child because there's always some type of animosity there. But he was willing to let her post up in his house that he had and not give him anything. And she said, I don't want to move there. I want to move to Raleigh, North Carolina. Can't you just go and put in a name? An apartment in your name for me.
0: So let me get this straight. You'
1: about to be put out. I got a house that I can put you in. Not asking you for anything, and your response to me is, "You don't want to move there. You want me to put an apartment in my name for you?"
0: Well, you got it straight for me. That is bizarre and that is strange <laughs> to say the least because if you have kids and y'all don't have a place to live on the verge of eviction now, I'm offering you a place to live rent free I'm assuming rent
1: free
0: and you and brother everything
1: was still on
0: You would rather Mm -hmm. go to an apartment in my name, also, but you would rather go to an apartment.
2: Wow.
1: Right. So this begs the question: If you' about to be evicted from where you are, I don't know whose name that's in, but if you' about to be evicted and you ain't paying, you can't pay to stay there. How you gonna pay to stay somewhere in my name? In my name. Keep. Keep my credit straight. I'm supposed to trust you? Nah. Wow. See, the, the thing is, 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 you know, people people get in positions, and I understand. You know, everybody needs a helping hand every once in a while. I ain't, I ain't got no problems with that. You know, but if you come to me and say you need help, you know, look, I ain't got no food in my house and, and I get up and buy groceries or I come and cook you a meal or bring you food don't tell me you want Chick-fil-A because if you call me and say you're hungry and I'm able to get you some food be grateful and take the food because if you say oh, hey, well can you just get me Chick-fil-A because I don't I don't like Wendy.
0: Let me tell you something funny. Cause
1: guess what I'm gonna do? Take it all. Right. I'm, I'm gonna say right there you know what? You, 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 you gonna be hungry for a little while long.
0: I was coming out of
1: Burger King, uh, maybe
0: ten, twelve years ago. Guy was sending out, Big Brother, can you uh? you know, I'm hungry, man. something to eat. So I'm like, all right, cool. I don't eat beef. And I bought this brother a couple of, like, Whoppers or something with, like, 99 cents. And he had the audacity to look at it like, man, I don't eat this or something like that. I laughed. I took it back.
1: Yeah, I threw it I'm in the
0: th- trash. Cause you're not
1: hungry, right? Right. Because if you if you're in a situation and you're in a and you need, you gonna take what people have to give, and you're gonna be grateful for that because they didn't have to help. Like no Absolutely. one. I don't think that we're obligated. Or should feel, or make people feel obligated to help. Um, it's while it is the right thing to do and the godly thing to do to help our brothers and sisters, you know, if you You know what I'm saying? If, Without, if,
0: as long as if, it's not putting you and your family in a situation.
1: Right, right. Um, you know, if you're in a situation and you're able to help others, then you do. But for the ones who need help, look, man, when you need help. Get help. Get the help you need. Don't be picky and choosy and try to tell somebody how to help you. You know what I'm saying? You got a license. You got a job. You ain't got no car to get to work. Somebody offers you a car. Offers to give you a car. And your response is, Thank you, but I wanna, I want that new Camry. You, you think you can help me make payments on my new Camry? Help me make payments. I'm
0: trying
1: on to on a give you a car. I'm trying to give you a car that I worked my tail off and I paid for. It ain't got no payment. It ain't got no mechanical problems. And yes, I am saying it ain't got. But it, it doesn't I, I have any it. of those issues and you gonna tell me you <laughs> you you trying to get that new camera. Okay. Look like to me you trying to be walking a whole lot longer than you have been.
3: Mm. You know?
1: I'm just saying it's like it's one of those things where when you need help and you got your hand out, be grateful that somebody is even willing to step out and help you. And Take the help. Even if you don't eat beef, eat the lettuce, tomato, and the bread. Or you know, if you don't eat lettuce and tomato, just eat the beef. You know what I'm saying? Make it do. Right. Make it. Make it work.
0: I'm gonna tell you something funny. I had a situation some time ago, and similar situation where someone was getting a, evicted or foreclosed or something like that, and. You tell them, I'm going to help you out I can help you out Send me, you know, the kids And You make clear you, The house rules No social media and all this kind of stuff and The response they give you Is You mean They can't be on Facebook yeah, that's social media. Oh, but what about their friends? to have to think about that. So
1: Well if that's what you're worried about then, then you know you if social media was the issue.
0: You your kids about to be homeless with you. And instead of an alternative place to stay, you decline it because they can't be on social media. I was floored.
1: I was in a state um, of...
0: Right. I couldn't... It didn't make sense.
1: Right. You know, if social media is more important than a root, then we already know where your priorities are. You're going to be homeless a whole lot more than this time.
0: Now, that could be the reason why you are in the situation that you're in. Meaning? As far as foreclosure and bills, you're so busy worrying about how you look to everyone else. Showing that you have something instead of taking care of the priorities.
1: Oh, and that called keeping up with the Joneses or something like that.
0: Keeping up with somebody except with your bill
1: payments. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Though, I mean, for me, it's always been real simple. You know, if if and and honestly, you know, younger as a in, in my younger years, I'd say college years and stuff, um, I remember when I was going to move off campus and I wanted, you know, I wanted my dad to help me get a bed and, <laughs> and or well, help me buy a mattress. You know, I was able to go and get credit to get um, a bed and, you know, they didn't give me enough a mattress so I asked for money to help buy a mattress and, you know, he said... You know, and I, and I also asked for a TV stand. And a TV stand? You know, what you need? Yeah, I'll get you a couple of egg right? Set your TV on. What you think? Set your TV on the floor. You don't need a TV stand. And I'm going to tell you that. That threw me. Made me very, very upset, you know, because I'm young. I, I don't... My priority is trying to move off campus. You know what I'm saying? And I'm coming to you for help because I'm trying to do something positive and, you know, set myself up. And you telling me to put my TV on the floor. Or sit it on the egg crate. You know, I was floored. I was irate, livid. Like, really? And um, you didn't appreciate, like, I didn't appreciate that lesson 20 years ago. But... Right now, that's the same lesson I'm going to teach mine because it makes you understand what's important. It teaches you how to sacrifice, and it teaches you that um, if it was something you really needed, you know, it would have been more accessible. You know what I'm saying? It would have mm-hmm. been, it was, if if you if you were hungry you needed food, then come on, I cooked dinner, I got you. You know, but I was trying to do something in my mind that I needed to do, but in my dad's mind, that was a want because I could have stayed on campus. And if I stayed mm-hmm. on campus, I already had a director, I already had a wardrobe to hang my clothes in, I already had a bed that was, you know, in my tuition. So, in his mind, it's like this is a choice for you. When you go and you make a choice, then you got to grind it out and make sacrifices so that you understand what comes along with that choice. Um, Right. And again, 20 years ago, I ain't appreciate that lesson. What? Now? Oh, same thing. It's the same thing. You know?
0: I'm gonna give you one better than that, <sighs> so when I was growing up, um, I was told that I was spoiled. I don't agree that's what I was told, so we're gonna go with that. my mother wasn't my mother was an addict uh, from a young age from my young age, excuse me me correct that and It was a holiday or a birthday or something. And I wanted this Walkman. It was made by Sony. It had like a three-band equalizer on the front and all this nonsense. It didn't even have a radio. It just was a cassette player with this equalizer. And it was, it was the deal. I wanted it. So she brought me this. Black and pink walkman with the radio and all this. I was like, I don't want that. That ain't what I want. And looking back on that, I feel like the biggest ass. Because Mm -hmm. here it is. In spite of her situation, she still tried.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Versus, and I should have just taken it. Use it until I got what mm-hmm. I want. But did I do that? No. Mr. Quick didn't do that. Mr. Quick said, say what I want. Now, it mm-hmm. was missing a battery cover also. hmm
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But that's hey. neither here nor there. Hey, look, she did the best she could with what she had. Maybe she ain't had you know money to Absolutely. buy one but she had, you know, she traded something of hers to, to get it for you and yeah, it was a little janky. But my son wanna walk man, I'm I'm gonna get him this walkman. Um, you know, and again, it's kinda like as kids, you know, we don't we can't see past what we want. To understand that there's a lesson to be taught when it comes to what we want, um, and it, it, all kids go through this, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was gonna go through it, I was gonna go through it, they have been going through it. Um, so, it's one of those is now we sit back and we're you know, we've lived a little bit and we understand how this, how this thing called life goes and understand sacrifices all too well understand the difference between needs and wants and and priorities and we can look back and laugh and say yeah you know how foolish i was you know um absolutely and and then when you have the problem that we encounter is now as adults when you have adults who should have learned these lessons as children like we did with their handout and you're offering help and and they still turning around and giving you those kid responses that's what that's what we're talking about that's what has us baffled you know like you you hungry I'm giving you a burger you don't want it because you don't eat cheese
0: You're homeless, and I'm giving you a place? You don't want it because...
1: You want to live in a different city? You're not looking at the fact that I'm giving you a place where you can go and stay rent-free,
2: get on your your grind,
1: get your money, and then move to where you want to go. You're looking at it as if, I mean, first and foremost, you're looking at it as as if this is permanent. This isn't permanent. This is to keep you from being on the street, to keep you and your children from being on the street, temporary, but it's at no cost to you. You know, and that's just, yeah. you know, that's just one incident. You know, I'm sure that, you know, for the listeners and the callers tonight, you know, you have multiple people who you've come across, who's asked you for help in some way or another, and you were able to help them, but they did not want what you offered. They wanted bigger, better. You know,
0: yeah, absolutely right. And I believe that everything happened in its own time. Now, that has been or a staple to the forefront of my mind. So when my kids act a certain way, it's like, damn, you're ungrateful. Because that's how they daddy was. Mm Mm-hmm. It did take a little time for me to, to appreciate Things. I appreciated more that my money was involved. My first car, I paid like 254 or $56 for it at the police auction. Man, I washed that car like every week. And it was so, the paint was so bad, you couldn't even tell that it was washed. I'm putting, like, brain eggs. I'm putting, like, all the things that are supposed to make this car shine. I'm taking care of it as though it shine. You know what I mean? I'm backing vacuuming. It. I mean, I'm taking care of it because this is my money. When I went through school, it was my money. So, of course, I went and banged out straight A's. people tend to appreciate or appreciate it more when they have something invested into it versus it just being handed to them
1: when they have equity you know they you know it's one of those things where you learn the value in things when you get out there and you know what it takes to have to get it and maintain it. It means something to you. You know, if someone gives you something all your life okay, let's let's talk about this. Someone brings you fish all the time. Yeah, hmm, fish is alright. All they do is they bring you same old black bass And you eat the same black bass Over and over and over It's alright But if someone teaches you How
4: Thank to you. get out
1: there And fish And you figure out That man Not only can I catch bass I'm catching trout I'm catching Snapper I even got a crab in here and you begin to, one, understand that there's a little bit of relaxation that comes with fishing. So, you know, um, you, it kind of takes you off of your stress for a little bit to get out there and get on the boat and just be on the water, you, the fish, and the net. But so not only can you de-stress, but you can catch so much more when you get out there and you do it yourself. And then guess what? Now you can choose what you eat for dinner tonight. You don't have to eat that. You can go ahead and boil you up to crab, or you know, have your trout or your shrimp or whatever it is you caught, and you can you can cook it how you want it. You can clean it how you want it.
0: That's true.
1: It's, now there's way much more, you know, um, pleasure in that than it is in. All right, it's seven o'clock. Time for me to eat dinner. My bass should be here in a minute. You know what I'm saying?
0: I'm gonna take it a step further with that. If somebody continue to bring you a bag of fish, bass, as you said, black bass. And they stop. Or you go with them to see that they brought you five, maybe six. And you see, you go out there with them, and you see that they may catch a fish every three hours. So you see the work that go into it. You see the patience. Mm -hmm. You see everything. They go into it. Mm-hmm. So I would think that it will bring a, a greater appreciation just for the process. Mm-hmm. And this person thought enough of you to bring you five of them, six of them, excuse me. So if he catch one every three hours, to bring you six, he had to be out there 18 hours at that mm-hmm. rate.
1: To get you your six fish.
0: Just
1: to you a fish. Uh mm-hmm. huh. You're absolutely right. You know, it's 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 a different feeling when you are witness to the work and the effort that's being put into um, something that of, of value. Anything worth having is worth working for and waiting for. So you know when you have something like that, and, and you paying eh. yeah, and worth paying for absolutely, and you say, man, 18 hours, and you, you know, you all you got is six fish, you gave them all to me, or, you know, that's it, it's something to be said about that, you know, and I think that that right there should light a fire under you to say, okay, you know, tomorrow I'm coming out here, which. You know, we're going to do it this way You know, we're going to cut this thing tomorrow You was out here 18 hours a day Tomorrow we're going to do nine hours we can catch double the fish And, you know, you, you begin to challenge yourself um, Like that And then, you know, you also start to learn a little something you, you learn how to be a little more efficient with it You know, maybe, maybe he was fishing with a rod And you got a net You know what I'm saying? Um, so There's something definitely to be said about getting on your grind and obtaining what it is you need or want for yourself, if at all possible. Now, understand that when you're down, you need help, you need help. We got that. We're not knocking that at all. Only thing we're saying is if you need help, don't be choosy about the help that people offer. It's not permanent.
0: This entire conversation brings one thing to my mind. People buy what they want and beg for what they need. Absolutely. Now, when you sit back and think about that, that's in itself like real heavy. Because I will in the you, these people who are getting evicted have the latest fashion, flat screens all over the wall, and new this and high end that. And those are the things that you want. You need a place to hang those televisions, a wall that is, a house but yet you're begging for that part.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So what is that, what kind of example are you setting for your kids?
1: You're not setting any example. You're not setting any example for your kids. Here's what I say, and then, you know, I'm not trying to um, I know we got other topics we wanna hit, but here's what I say about that. prioritize accordingly um, because you can't expect people or any one person to be able to provide what it is you need anyway. Um, don't put yourself in a situation. Where you have to beg for what you need because you went out and bought what you want. And what I'm saying is, is when you get your money or you get some money or you get your paycheck, make sure your kids have lights. Make sure your kids have clothes and, and that's this not too small that um they're not busting out of. You know, make sure you have food. Make sure you have gas in your car so you can wake up and get to work tomorrow. Um if Isn't you that called adult don't, if you don't make enough money to buy Wendy's tonight, go to the grocery store, get some beans, get some rice and some cornbread, and do it old school, just like it was when we were growing up. And your children and you will live to see another day and Lord willing, on that next paycheck, you can treat him a movies. Um, If that's what you want, if that's what you call a treat, you know. But you have to be smart about what it is you have so that you don't put yourself in a position to have to beg for what you need.
0: That is heavy. And I the admit, there are so many people out there with that mindset that is probably surprising, and it's you know it's probably scary because you decided to to do something else. We have another caller. We're gonna take five two eight nine. Welcome to the line. Thank you, thank you. How are you guys doing today? We're doing very well. We're talking about how people buy what they want and beg for what they need. Buy what they
5: want and beg for what they need. Absolutely.
0: Priorities. We all
5: been, we all been there and Ungratefulness. Mm
0: -hmm. but at what point do you learn that your priorities got to be of greater value especially when there's kids involved most definitely I agree so for the hungry brother who was out here who don't eat, whatever. Be grateful that someone thought enough of your situation to help you out. Be grateful because it was a choice, not a must. It wasn't mandatory that they help you. They chose to help you. So don't slap them in the face by looking in the bag and turning your nose up. We're going to change directions. Our next subject, we're going to talk about interracial relationships, marriages. Why, in our community, the notion is every time a brother make it, he go and marry a white woman. <laughs> Help me out, this. One. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I got mixed no. views on that. I do too, by the way, but speaking okay. From from my perspective, as a black woman, marry who you wanna marry. I personally and maybe it's because I was I was raised or grew up in a diverse area, so I kinda understand it a little bit. Um um, a little bit more But For me it's Love who you want to love Marry who you want to marry Because at the end of the day I think that's all that counts Is if you can be true to who you are And love your wife And she loves you And you both have a mutual respect for one another Then do your thing It color Shouldn't be a factor in who you decide to spend the rest of your life with. Okay. That's
3: Thank the you. right
1: view. Um, hmm. And of course, I mean the the other view is, man, I I don't know. I guess you know. For me, I just don't. I don't care. I mean. I'm a firm believer in what's for you is for you. So, a sister can't be mad if a brother marries a a white girl, a white woman, because he wasn't for her anyway.
0: Okay, good point. My brother, what's your thoughts?
5: Me, I understand where she's coming from, um, and I'm, you know, we're all human beings, white, black, purple, green, you know. Uh, you marry who you want to marry, but um, like you're saying, the notion of, you know, when a brother make it, you know, they go marry a white woman. Now, I think some brothers, you know, that made it, um, They, that's success to them, to, to some of them. And we've seen that to where you have a brother that's, you know, quote, unquote, made it. He'll, he'll go on Instagram or to the media and be like, yeah, you know, you know, I never dated a black woman You know, black women, black women That You know, so uh, You know And he think you know, marrying a white woman You know, is You know, success I ain't saying all brothers, just saying some You know, some brothers, none did that uh, Other brothers, I think You know um, You know Raised in a Suburban area You know, wasn't from, you know, the hood like you know, we are whatever. Some of us, you know, was raised whatever, and they was raised up in a area like that. You know, maybe you know, you know, they was all they were subject to was around white people. You know, which you know ain't not a bad thing or anything like that. But I'm just saying, you know, it's, I just think it's different scenarios. Um, but as far as a brother that's successful and. Uh, and uh, the first thing you do is, you know, is run to a white woman. Um, I don't believe that. I, I just think, you know, you got you got a sprinkle of brothers here and there to, that'll do that. But some some brothers, you know, they, oh, they stay, they race or whatever, you know. But to go back to what Monica was saying, I mean, we all human. You know, we, you know, what's for you is for you. White, black, purple, Puerto Rican, whatever. You no, know, just not a white woman. You know, if they, if a brother do choose to do that then, you know, if you doing it for all the right reasons, yes. But if you're doing it because, you know, you stereotyping, you know, the black woman and stuff like that, then you know, uh you know, people got a problem with that. You know, women got a job. problem with that, especially black women. So, it. you know. So I, I that's why I say I'm I'm kinda I got kinda mixed views on that. But some brothers not made that stereotype of You know what you know what we're talking about. They they they've made that up because they've went and done that for the wrong reason. You know, so that's just my take on it.
0: I think that you marry who who respect you. It doesn't matter what what color they are, what the hue of their skin is. You marry who respect you. Respect brings love. Um, so I don't think you, you go and just, Hey, I'm, you know, hit this status. Um, I'm I'm gonna go Republican. I'm gonna go marry a white woman. I think that you go with the, with the love, with the respect, you know, now to play devil's advocate. If you were raised in a house and your mom, grandma, aunt, whoever, bad attitude, disrespectful, so many other negative attributes, I'm sure in the back of your mind, you're like, boy, when I get grown, I am not going to marry a woman like this. And because it's all around, you may assume, and especially if you're looking at like all these reality television shows, that all women are like this. So you're like, eh, uh-huh. I mean, I'm sorry, all black women are like this. So like, nah, uh-huh. I ain't going black. I'm going white. I'm going anything else, but. Uh-huh. Well, that's
3: very attractive, isn't it?
0: It is, but it's based on your experience. Experience, your experience will bring on your perception.
1: Okay, she so would so? Let's think about this. Wouldn't that just be preference? Yeah, or that, it that did that be preference. I had a preference? young
0: guy tell. I had a young guy telling me that he will never, he said, Mr. Quick, I will never date a black woman. They all have attitudes. They all this, they all that. They're disrespectful. and It was just so many things. I'm like, your mom black. He's like, I know, that's why. And I'm like, like, damn. Your mom messed you up that bad. Then it was like, you know, all women aren't like this. And he was like, all the women I've seen in my family, they're just like that. That's why they get along and don't get along so well. Hmm. So his experience has shaped his perception. He's like, nah, can't do it.
1: I can do that. And I mean, perception is reality, right? So... I mean, I can understand that. I think the problem is in in the when we we put ourselves. It's the same thing that we talked about last week when we we put ourselves in the generalization instead of experience or having different experiences. Um. So it, you grew up with black women and. You know, all you saw was attitude And the lowering of the necks And, you know, different things like that Well, did you even ever try to date a black woman? Because in my mind When you stereotype and you generalize like that It's no different from what we were talking about You know, being pulled over Because you're driving wild black Or, you know, a cop assuming that Because you, black, you about to, they got to fear for their life. You see what I'm saying? So I think that we, when you, when you grow up in an environment like that and you don't expose yourself or look or seek to see if everybody is the same way. I mean, I would call it almost like a case study. Like you date around and you date, you know, you date light skin, you date dark skin, you date brown, you date tan, you date cocoa butter. You know, you just date different colors just to test your theory. Um, when you don't do that, I think you put yourself in a position to be miseducated and, and just nearly stupid because now you've generalized all black women simply because that's your family. Well, truth be told, we all come from after families in some way, shape, or form. So do you, do you think the rest of the world acts like your family?
0: I hope not. <laughs>
1: right. So, you know, for people who grow up in situations like that and who say that, I think that they miss. I, and don't get me wrong. Still, date who you want to date, marry who you want to marry, have your preference. I don't prefer lighter skin guys. That's just me. Well, it, for those who know me would obviously know why. I never wanted light, light-skinned kids. That's just me. Um, So that's a preference. But that's not to say that I, I've excluded all light-skinned guys from, it's like, nope, don't even want to know his name. He, you know what I'm saying? It's like that... Um, I would have put myself at a disservice and generalized in people simply because of a preference that I have. Is that I anything? think you
0: can exclude them now, can't you?
1: Yeah. I mean, stop it. That, that's <laughs> over. <laughs> I down I'm just having this conversation for the people. They don't even apply to me.
0: I think that we all have our ideas, our visions, but I think ultimately it's about who makes you happy. And I'm sure we all look at our spouse and say, hey, she's white, she's white, or what have you. We just see, that's my wife, that's my husband, that's my wife, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And two, we take it as perfect if you have a brother who's who's white, let's just say you don't say that's my white brother, you say that's my brother,
1: that's my brother,
0: period mhm, so this notion that we have to label people is already is already bad. Society label us enough. Black woman, true, angry black woman, whatever else, black woman. That's that's just crazy to me.
1: Well, and then too, I think that you know we talked a little bit about it before. When, okay, so we talk about upbringing. So if you're you're brought up in a household where You see a certain level of of love and respect um, within your, you know, within your household, within your relationship. And then you go out into the world and you're dating in your race and the young ladies that you've dated in your race don't display what you witnessed. So you try, okay, something different. And that something different does display what you've witnessed. I don't think it's a matter of the person being uh, a different race. I think it's a matter of that person's upbringing. And I say that to say... Right. And I say that to say, you know, I believe that in our culture, meaning the black culture, um, we are young girls... Or I wasn't, and I, you know, and generally, I think, you know, this applies to a lot of people. Um, but we're not groomed to be a wife. We are raised to be strong, independent, bold, confident, um Shoot, probably even arrogant um, But we, we are raised To stand strong And be able to hold our own And mm-hmm. um, we're not We're not taught To be um, A wife We're not taught To To dream of And plan our weddings And plan a family And um You know We're not taught that And so I think that You know for for guys Who look for that um, Who's looking for a wife I think that when you come across um, A black woman Versus a white woman It's purely upbringing And surrounding And what they've been exposed to Growing up More so than it is color
0: Mm-hmm. So is it safe to say that it goes back to one in a lot of the the black American households. It's a single parent household. So they don't have that example before them of how to be a wife. So they don't know no, no.
1: Single now, parent household You got to think about have, I think it's, it's not Don't just limit it To single parent households Because Let's just be real This is real talk Real talk is You know There are some Two parent households Where people don't know How to be married And that Also affects Yes How The children are brought up mm-hmm.
0: yeah, Yes sure. I agree now, I know for me, I was raised by my grandparents. Um so I saw love, I saw respect, I saw all that good stuff. But the most that I can relate to was what I saw in the Cosby show. That's what I wanted. That was the ideal marriage. I know it was gifted. I know it was a show. I get that. However, the dynamic taught us how to be cultured, taught us how to respect women, our wives, it taught us how to respect our children. I think
1: TV back in our day gave us the ability to dream and want that.
0: Well,. A dream is your vision, correct?
1: Right, it is But I guess my my point is Is You Because you, you saw you, you were a witness To the love and respect in your household When you saw Cliff and Clara Huxtable That put That love and respect Into a generation Closer to you And it made it seem more achievable.
3: But I think you
1: you were first exposed to to it in your household. That's true.
0: Now I'm going to say this. I also saw my very first instance of disrespect in the household as well. So you can learn what to do, as well as what not to do. Exactly. from those examples.
3: my well, brother, what you true. think
0: about that? Uh, me? I think. Okay.
5: I think it goes. Uh, I agree. It, it's. It starts in the household, and. Hold on, just a second. Like I said, it starts in the household, and um, I think it's very important that, like, okay, for instance, Marlon, you were saying about your upbringing or whatever. And I can say the same about my upbringing, which we know, you know. I'm sorry, thing is falling off my ear, but we know, uh, you know, you know, my upbringing or whatever. But um you have to as far as respect respect um uh
0: affection
5: love I think you have to show that in in your household I think you have to show that around your kids because I, because if they don't if they don't learn that, they, if they don't see affection from their parents, then how do they learn affection? How do they learn love? You know? You know, you know. I'm a firm believer. Like, tell your kids you love them. You know? Because, you know, I didn't get that in my household that the I love you, that I love you and stuff like that. So, you know, um, I think that's very important.
0: This is my take. I think that it is very, very important because what they see is who they want become. If they see you being disrespectful to the business, they will also do it. Yep. Because that's what they know. Mm-hmm. If they see uh, the affection, the respect, that's also what they will learn and become and know. And when they get married, it's the same thing they will do. Yeah, and that doesn't matter if she he marries black, he marries white, he marries anybody. Yep. That's what he will. Tribute to that marriage.
1: Yes. See, I think for boys, it's a little different than it is for girls. Okay. So say for instance, look we have boys. So within my household, the I'm the mom. I show my boys all the affection. I mean, I get twenty and thirty hugs a minute, almost. Um and you know, I do and and I love it obviously. And so they they get that. They get all the affection, they get all the love and they get all the attention and stuff. And so, um, I think for them and then when they witness their dad um filling the, the different roles of being a provider and being a husband and being a father, they they, they pick that up. I think the issue comes in is We're talking about girls And why the black men Sometimes marry outside of their race And I think where Mm -hmm. families drop the ball Specifically with girls Is we don't take the time to teach them That you can be strong and submissive And teach them that it's okay I think oftentimes um, Sometimes conversations and opportunities are missed And our girls can grow up Looking at us, the woman Or the mother as being weak Because we chose not to work And we chose to sit home and raise Our family and be there Mm -hmm. And put our dreams aside For our family Some girls can look at us And like misconstrue it and think Oh, are you weak? You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So I think it's important for conversations To be had So that with our girls So that they understand that, Hey, look, this is a choice just because I don't actually go to work anymore doesn't make me any less valuable um, than in my relationship or as a family or as your mother. And those conversations right. to the to teach our daughters that look, being a wife is a job, um, and it, and it is a good thing. We don't take time to to sit back and teach our girls that. Then I think we missed the mark there. And because white families or families of other cultures from birth, they are groomed to be a wife. Um, when you think about mm-hmm. it in other cultures where they do, I wouldn't say matchmaking, but, you know, like they. Yeah, the selection. It's like, okay. This family is a good family. That's going to be your husband. From birth or from childhood, that girl is taught to love and respect somebody she doesn't even freaking know. And you know what? Even if you don't love him, you'll grow to love him. Respect him. Be his wife. Bear his children. Keep his house. Make his food. She's taught these things. Um, (laughs) In our culture, we ain't taught that. Honey, you know what? You ain't got to get married if you don't want to. You're strong. Be bold. You this. You can climb the corporate ladder. You can do this. You can do that. Do anything you want to do. Um, But when it comes to being a wife, it's like, oh, a wife. Like, hmm. that's all I can be. It's frowned upon in our culture. And maybe it's because of, you know, the history. I have no idea. But it's not... Um, the, the the wife role and responsibility, it's 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 not really like I think it's looked down on in our culture versus other cultures where it's like getting married is the ultimate life decision that you can make. It's the best thing you can do for your family. In most cultures, is get married and bear children. Mhm.
0: Hmm. Before I say anything, Mm -hmm. my brother, what you got to say about this? Hmm. What's your thoughts, my brother? No, that's a big...
5: Monica, she hit hit it right on point. She hit
2: it right on point, I mean... No. I
5: I. She right. It's, it's all about the upbringing. I mean, that's all I put my scat on now. I mean,
0: she, it's all about how you raise. Okay, so the women aren't taught I'm sorry, the girls aren't taught to be wives in the black community. Does that mean the boys aren't taught to be husbands?
5: I think they're taught to be men before they are taught to be husbands
0: mhm but- men, being a man comes with time
5: uh, that come with time, but as far okay number one. And our community, you know, percentages so high of fathers not being there, teaching our young men, how, our young boys how to be men. So, and majority, a lot of the households are not, they're not even married. So, okay. you, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? So you got to, you got to, you got to, you 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 got a man you got a father that's teaching that's not married to to my mom trying to teach me how to be a man. You know what I'm saying? So I I think you know, and that's another thing. I mean marriage marriage plays a big role, and um I've and I've learned that over the time I've been married or whatever. That it plays a big role in a kid's life, not -hmm. just being there as a father, but um, you know, like I'll go back to where I was talking about uh, showing affection, you know, telling your kids you love them, stuff like that. For instance, I I go out of my way to, um, you know, I don't, you know. Throw my tongue down my wife, throw it in front of my kids, or nothing like that. But well, I go out of my way to give my wife a kiss, to show affection, just a pet, if it's just on the cheek or on the forehead, to show my son, you know, my son, is, you know, this is how I treat my wife, my queen. So when you get one, guess what? I
0: That's hope how you, do you the should treat them. Absolutely.
5: Yeah. And you're going to remember. When I was bringing you up As a boy To a man The affection that we had in our house The love that we had in our house You know Those jokers My son, he 16, what, 19 I still kissed them jokers on the forehead You know That's Just right. to show them, hey It's, it's love in his house So when I'm not here when I'm gone, when I can't be around, you growing up as a man, you take the love from this house and and you run with it. And you do the Absolutely. same thing
0: in your house. Absolutely. I, I think we oftentimes, we miss the mark, right? Because when we're young, the first thing we teach our sons is stop crying, be a man, man up. Yeah, everything is man, man, man versus us first allowing them to be boys. You got to teach them how to be boys first. You got to teach them that it's okay to cry, that you can express yourself. Make sure you it with respect. That's the part that we forget about.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Real quick, I'm going to introduce two more callers to the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1439. Hello.
2: What's up? Uh, This is Shay out of Detroit. Well,
0: uh, via Georgia. What's up, Shay? We talking about what up, quick. One of the things we just talked about, or the topics we're on now, is every time a brother make it, he go and marry a white woman, quote unquote. I've heard that so
2: many times. What's your thoughts on this? You, you, well, you know, man, I can't help but be partial to this because, you know, I am married to a white woman, and um, I was very conflicted for a long time about um, even, you know, crossing that bridge with her because of for that reason, where um, it took my grandmother to be like, "You tripping?" and my grandmother was probably one of the most militant uh, women. Ever to walk this earth, but you know, she what she expressed to me was, if I love this woman because of this woman, not because of her color, then I shouldn't um, hold my, I shouldn't, you know, not, not, you know, take that leap. But I will say that brothers have to be very careful about that situation because um, you can, you there, there, there are plenty of white, black women who understand the struggle and respect the struggle that a, a black man goes through and respect that, but there's majority of them that have no idea of what a black man goes through, and when you get into that relationship, and especially when you have children with that type of woman, that that could be a problem.
0: Now, I'm going to ask you this. You say you're married to a white woman. Does she respect yes, you? Does she respect? The struggle of the black man. Oh,
2: all, all of the above, and you know, I'm I'm gonna be real with y'all. So you know, um, you know, I once I got to high school, everything was very diverse, and I've dated them all. And um, you know, my first two daughters were from a, a previous relationship that just happened to be white. Um, but you know, I've dated black women majority of my life, and I just happened to have kids by a white woman. But long story short, that. that that first that first go around my earlier years in college was a was a revelation. And this and you know, quick has heard the story. It may sound corny, but I'll never forget, man, this is when um, Al Gore was running for office and um, you know, we went to the polls and voted and um, you know, at the time I only had one daughter. So, you know, I'm joking. I said, Hey, uh, who'd you vote for? She's like, Oh, I voted for Bush. I almost crashed my car. Because in, in my eyes, and in my, I'm like, you are here. You are with a black man. Here you are with a black child, and you turn around and vote for a person who care who cares about us the less. And uh, and I'm a, I'm long winded. So my point to that is that was like a revelation for me right then and there that no matter they could lay with us, they could say they love us. But they can always go back to that other side of the fence, and will go to that side of the fence anytime they choose.
0: Mm. Is that
2: a fear Let me ask for you? A
1: I'm
0: sorry. Is that a fear for you that not necessarily a fear, but that she may go back to the other side?
2: Well, I'm not worried. You've met my wife. I ain't worried about this one. But um, you know that you you have to you have to. <laughs> you have to uh, <laughs> You, you have to be careful, and you have to be very selective. You have to listen to the words. You have to watch how they move. Because, you know, I was with the first one for, like, two and a half years. I was younger, so there probably weren't signs that I didn't notice. But, you know, um, there, there were a couple of things that, you know, comments and things once I, you know, let's just quote, unquote, woke up that, you know, were, like, huge red flags that I didn't catch at first. Hmm.
0: Ms. Quick, you wanted to say
1: something. So my question is, is we, we were talking about, um, like, the upbringing. And so my position is I think that as a black culture, we kind of miss the mark when it comes to raising our daughters and teaching them how to be wise. And, and honestly, for the most part, even how to be in a functional relationship. Um. I'm not saying it happens all over the culture, but I think that most of the time we miss that. When you were dating um, black and white girls, did you find, like, significant differences in, in just in the relationship? Um, oh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Okay. Hey, you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that. But, you see, the only reason you can relate is because of the diverse upbringing you have. But if you go in the hood and bring this up or if you bring this up, Amongst sisters who who didn't have that diversity, they'll tell you you're tripping. But you know, you hit the hammer right on the nail. You know, and it's not to put my the black woman down, but she is so strong and so defiant. A lot of them aren't loving. A lot of them aren't caring. And mm-hmm. when you when you get with that, and then you get with that white woman, and she gives you that. Uh, affirm uh, that 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 confirmation, and she loves on you, and she hugs on you, and it's not a constant, you know, battle for power.
3: It, mm. It's a difference. Mm-hmm.
2: And I, it, it, it is, but you can't. I wouldn't dare say that in a room full of black women because I had to fight for my life.
0: Hmm. But you mm-hmm. hit the hammer right on
2: the nail. That's exactly what it comes from. That's exactly where it comes from.
0: Hold that thought, real quick. Let me introduce Pastor to the line, Pastor. Yes, sir. Welcome.
6: Hey, man, I'm enjoying hearing what I'm hearing. Uh, you guys are being let out naked and unashamed tonight. Uh, I don't know what the topic is, but I have um, just been blessed by the transparency, you know, and. Uh, I've always been curious, you know, and y'all take that with the right way. I'm not saying curious about wanting to date a white woman or whatever, whatever, but curious as to, you know, a brother's mindset. I I love what you guys are talking about, you know, um, and I really want to just keep listening because uh, this is extremely interesting to me, but I guess I have a couple questions um, because First of all, I'm married to, you know, a black woman, and I thank God so much for that, you know, but I'm not against anybody that's married to a white woman. But my question, uh, and I have several of them, is, okay, I married the black woman not because of the color of her skin, but, you know, I married her because that was the right person that God had for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know if I had to go back and do it all over again and she was white, I would still honestly marry her. I would really, really do that. So my question is, when we talk about, you know, I married a white woman, I married a black woman or whatever, um, are we talking about the, the only thing we're talking about is the color of their skin? Or are we talking about the way they carry themselves? Are we talking about their beliefs? Are we talking about um, how they treat us, their understanding of who i am uh their upbringing what what makes a person you know black or white in our eyes you know and and I guess that that's that's my question what what why are we attracted to why was I attracted to a black woman why is quick attracted to a black woman why is his brother attracted to a white woman you know and I'm not saying any of us are wrong at all. I'm just saying, just to get it out there, you know, um, if I'm only attracted to black women, that don't mean I'm prejudiced. Or I'm racist. That don't mean that at all. That's just my preference. But at the same time, uh, can't my brother on the phone be the same way? If he prefer, you prefer, know, you know, have we ever asked ourselves, why am I attracted to that? What is it? Is it that I had trouble with the black woman and I went over to the white woman? Or is just you know, I'm an equal opportunity lover. I grab them all. What, again, what makes them black? You know, because once you strip away that that outer coating, in you know, honest, all honesty, once you strip away all of that, we look the exact same. So when we say so we marry. Go ahead.
2: No, I want to touch on that because it's so many different variables, and I'm at the. It's so many different variables in the side because. There's so yeah. many different moving parts in interracial relationships. There, there are black men who, who, who just like myself, who just love genuinely love women. But what's unfortunate, there are a lot of black men out here that strictly date white women because they're AKA more submissive, AKA know how to listen, AKA not gonna question you. And what's sad is if you if you've been open and you've dated all races, that's any woman. Period. It's like what my grandmother taught me a long time ago. Any woman is only going to let a man, a man is going to do what a woman allows. So, you know, but what's unfortunate is some of these lost brothers out here have fallen to the stereotype that other races of women are more submissive. That's not necessarily true. They've just found a weaker woman. And, 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 and you know, we as men of color, we do that to our own women, not just white women. We don't, there's, there's plenty of stupid Negroes out here running around talking about they don't do dark either. Dark skin women, which are, in my opinion, the most beautiful women to ever walk the face of the earth. So it's so, there's so many layers to this conversation. It's ridiculous.
0: I think that for me, uh, when you do strip away, we all the same. I go by the respect, the way you, you treat me the love you have for me, that's the deciding factor. As far as the submissive part, every woman or any woman could be submissive if she has a strong enough or she believes in who's leading the way. If you're stupid, I don't think she's stupid enough or she's stupid to follow you. And I'm sorry. Now, the missus on the phone, she can verify or clarify if I'm off the mark. I just know that. Like my wife, she's, she's strong. A week through, She's going to bitch him. She's going to bitch him. I'm going to keep it hunting with you. So it takes somebody like me to to go a little bit above that, if you will. And there's no disrespect. But oftentimes, you have these weak dudes who sitting around all day who are not exemplifying a man who's not exemplifying a provider, who's not doing all the things that a woman would have a reason to submit to. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. I agree with that totally. So, Can
0: Pastor, did that know. kind of keep you calm? Yeah, yeah. I, listen,
6: I'm doing my own personal research, man. I'm trying to find out some information. I, you know, and, and again, I am um, I am genuinely um, curious. I want to know, because listen, if I ask you to describe, uh, you know, a, a Pepsi to me, what does it taste like? Okay, I've had a, a an orange, orange drink, but describe a Pepsi to me. You would do your best to try and do that, you know, so that I could understand. Okay, so since I've never had the white woman, as we label it, white woman, can you tell me, and I'm, I'm genuinely wanting to know, I'm not trying to punk anybody, I'm not trying to make fun, none of that, man, I really want to know, because I, I've, I've never understood, you know, I knew why I wanted this woman, I knew why I wanted this. First of all, to be honest with you, some of y'all, you know, some guys lie and say, man, God spoke to me and said, that's fine my spouse, and he may have done that. He did the same with me, but that ain't what I heard first. I was like, this woman's fine. This woman looked good to me. And so I was attracted to the (laughs) outer shell first. And then after that, I got back real holy and said, God, can I have a nice woman and all of that? But it was the body that was banging first, right? Now, then her intellect, man, just to hear, because my thing is, you can you can stimulate me physically, but if you can't stimulate me mentally, if you can't stimulate me spiritually, then you know what? You come on, man, I don't need you. So I know I married the right woman. I, there's no doubt in my mind. But my question is, what is it like? What is the difference between, let's just say, a black woman and a white woman? I mean, since since you've had them both, I mean, and and whatever you'd like to share, I would love to hear it. I mean, is it? The cooking is it? I mean, I'm being honest. Is it the bedroom? Is it the intellect? I really want to well, know, man.
2: Well, 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 well. You know, I'm I'm gonna be real and quick. Quick involved quick for this. I think the only yes. reason I married the woman that I'm with now is because her parents are deceased and she pretty much grew up in our community. Like, okay, my wife took chitlin, My wife, you know, she she she. <laughs> when I say under, understands the stroke, she understands. Now, I yeah. can go to the other side, though. I can easily go to the other side. And trust me, brother, it, it was a night. Now, the conversation, um, the conversation piece, that's pretty much even Um As far as intimacy, uh, the black woman is superior, period. Um, but, you know, man, I can put it like this. It was a long five years of Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner held when I was in college. Because you're talking about some dry, bland. <laughs> More, I mean, a <laughs> Um,
3: only
2: oh, thing man. a brother could look forward to was the turkey. You know what I'm saying? So it it it's, it's definitely a a, 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 a totally different really. side of the world. Uh, I mean, it's, just just to be completely and utterly mm-hmm. honest, but you know, you you it, it's all about your your upbringing and who you are. And if you want, um, you know, like I said, man. For me, it was it was a no brainer. Like I said, I was very, very conflicted even with my wife. My my wife who I loved women was always attracted to and one of the main reasons I was so attracted to her because she was so strong. She was very strong within herself and and um and it caused a lot of backlash for me, just to tell you the backstory on some on some horrible stuff. I was working in a car center at the time. And I was probably in the car center for like um, two years. And a brother, and had relationships, and slept with most of the sisters there, then turned around and married the white girl. So yeah, uh, I, I I done been there, done that. Wow. Wow. But wow. it wasn't it yeah. wasn't by choice. Don't get me twisted. My first love, my 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 only love, my first genuine love is a woman by the name of Shana Fish, a black woman. But once I had my daughter. My sophomore year in college, she couldn't handle that, and it was, and she wouldn't deal with me anymore. So, and that's another thing. That's another thing to touch on. A lot of women, black, white, but particularly black women, when you have children, that's not theirs. And I'm not saying, all, the first thing to say is that ain't my baby, that money, you know, it's, 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 it's a difference. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's yours and mine. Where, um, you know, a good woman. There, if she's taking you, she's taking that child, and that that was something that I noticed as well. So you know, it's it's like I said, man. I could I could talk to you for hours in regards to this. Wow. Wow. That, that's
6: good. That is that is really really good. Well, I can strike one thing off my list on a on a much lighter side. I can strike it off my list. You said bedroom wise, black woman a uh, black woman is superior. I ain't gotta wonder no more, man. I ain't gotta wonder what. I'm joking around with you guys, man. It's just, it's just good to have this conversation, man, because too many times we, we, you know, there's there's thoughts there, there's questions there, and we won't deal with issues like this. And this brother's being straight up transparent. Now I just really appreciate that, man, because you know, in what I do, I have to. People want me to advise them, and I can't ever tell them. You know, who's right? I have to tell them what's right. And so, you know, I want to be able to say, you know, based off of conversation, based off of, you know, the Bible, this is this is something you need to think about or pray about or whatever, whatever. So uh, I'm glad to hear you talk about this. That is just good to me. So I guess my next question is to Ms. Quick, I want to ask you something. When a brother has, oh, let's say a black man, has has literally – been with that white lady, maybe had kids by him, been married to him. Okay, but now it didn't work out and he steps up to you. Are you offended, turned off, uh, open to it? I mean, how do you feel about a brother that's been in a definitely in a relationship with a a white lady? How do you feel about him uh after it's over and he Comes back over
1: to the dark side. <laughs> you, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask because you know that doesn't matter to me. I mean, you know, it. I I grew up in diversity, so it it's never been an issue for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um. So it. We have to find somebody else to. To fight you, on you that know one, what? Design.
2: Let me, let me, ask, you, no let me you. ask you a question. Let me let me ask you a question this quick, because this is something that I dealt with. So, and maybe you can answer. Maybe this is more up your alley. So, the same women, well, not like I told you when I was in the car center. The same women that I used to, that I tried to date or take out or something, pretty much just a brother um, when I was single. Then when I turned around and started dating my wife, but at the time just dating. It, Genuine conversation As soon as that initiated The same women that told me to kick rocks I was the finest thing walking
1: What? <laughs> See Here's the thing Like the same kind of Game that guys like To play, we like to play them too So like And my husband Can can tell you, you know We like to be chased One. Um, oh, oh no doubt if, So it's it's one of those things for us Okay well if you're chasing We want to be the ones that turn you down And just see how long we can hold on to you um, That gives us a little something to talk about With the other girls Girl you've been running up behind me for so long And you know We, we get to carry on with them for that um, And then When you've lost interest And you go through a white girl Okay You've been furious. So now I gotta step my game up because I'm better than she is. I look better than she do. You know, I I have a better shape and so we begin to compete with who you with to see if we can get you back. It's all a game. It's and for me if if somebody isn't interested you in you first, she's not really gonna be interested in you after you get with somebody else other than to take you from her so it can be a topic of conversation. Amongst her and a girl, um, it. so it we're not going we're not the hunters, but we like to have those conversations as your prey. Makes sense. Mhm.
2: So and that's where it um, becomes issue of conflict though, because it's like yeah, I mean it was once sister. I chased for a year. I mean I chased. I didn't. I played I didn't. that game, and it was almost like a an genuine interest. He actually talked to another brother for a little while. I was in my feelings a little bit, but I moved on. No hate in this way. But as soon as I started initiating conversation
1: with the other race,
2: oh, I was being there, and I, and I found
1: that very insulting. Yeah, it's you know, it. What can I say? It's, you know, it's don't hate the don't hate the play, hate the game. I guess. <laughs> you know that's just that's just how we are. Um. When it comes to me personally I don't you know I've never been one to compete With any other girl for anything You know I, I've always been Who I was If if you wanted to You know get to know me then You know that's between you and I I'm not going to compete with anybody else for anything That's just always been me Um, Again I've brought up a little different band than, than some other girls on the block So I don't know um, but then, when it comes to, you know, like to answer Pastor's question, you know, when it comes to to uh, a guy who's dated outside of his race and then comes back to date within his race, um, that doesn't necessarily matter to me. Because, or if and if he has children outside of his race, that doesn't that doesn't matter to me. And I think that the crazy part is I step out on the limb and say uh, it, it's probably easier dealing with baby mama drama from the other side than it is from my own side. Because we can give a hell, if you know what I'm saying, when it comes to having children by, you know, a black man and, you know, he not going to be with me. You gonna be with somebody else. We we get. Oh no, paid. it's both
2: ways. Oh oh yeah, oh. no 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 no. no, no yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't discriminate
1: either. Oh okay. Well in that case, you know it doesn't. You know that that doesn't. Race doesn't necessarily um, well, play a factor that. Well, let me take, that.
2: let me take that back. It, it all depends because one thing I will be eternally grateful for um, towards my daughter's mother is um, when we separated, my daughters were five and two. And I told her, I said, you know nothing about raising a black woman.
3: Let me have
2: them, and she gave them to me. Yeah.
3: So
2: I know, I know that wouldn't have happened on the other. That would have never happened, but it but wouldn't have needed to not. happen, of course, as well. It wouldn't have needed to happen, but at the same time, I just, I just know that would have never went down. Right. Well, Go ahead, Pastor. I'm no, sorry. Go ahead. no, go ahead. brother. Oh, no, I I, no, I was. I was. I was. Uh, no, no. Go ahead. I'm. I'm curious to see
6: what you got to say. No, I just gotta. I gotta square one thing up because um, I just feel in my heart, man, that somebody's listening and they're saying to themselves, okay, are they saying it's wrong to date outside your race or date outside of, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever? And I, and I just want to at least clear that up. You know, now again, everybody has their opinion. I'm giving mine This is my personal feeling And it's also uh, based off of my interpretation of the Bible Um, You know, first of all God made everybody, right? He just, He did He made everybody And just like He made, you know um, You know, different things And He gave you the option You can choose what you want You know Um, You can choose not to follow Him if you want to But there's a scripture that says don't be unequally yoked, and when you talk about not being unequally yoked, he wasn't saying don't you know don't marry a white girl, don't marry a black guy." He wasn't saying that at all. what he was saying was, you know, don't hook up with somebody with different beliefs than you have, in other words, if I believe in God and you don't believe in God at all, that's not going to work. It's going to cause some friction, and so that's all he's talking about there, you know um. There's nothing wrong in the eyesight of God to marry outside of your race. you know there's nothing in the world wrong with it, and I wanted everybody to understand that because listen, there are some sweet young white ladies out there, there's some sweet young black ladies out there, and you know if I had the choice you know personally uh would I want my son to marry my son to marry uh, black women? yes, and let me tell you why. Because listening to this brother talk, you know, I'm not skilled enough to be able to school them on how to handle the adversities and things of that nature. Uh, but more than anything, if they if I'd rather if I had the choice of them marrying a black woman just to say they married black or a white woman so that they could be happy the rest of their lives, go ahead and marry that white lady. You know, so I just don't want anybody thinking that, you know, uh It's just a black and white world and we gotta this and gotta that. That's not how God operates. The last time I checked, when he died, he didn't die for the white man or the black guy man, he died for everybody. So I just wanted to throw that in there, y'all, just 'cause you know, just 'cause I'm I'm not quick. Quick can say what he wanna say. I have to I have to keep one hundred the other way. So yeah sometimes I wanna Sometimes I want to say what he says, but, you know, I I have to do it the other way. And I love, you know, his perspective on it. I love to hear what he has to say because he says what a lot of people are thinking. And he says, really, he tells it just like it is. And my role in this is to tell us the way it should be. So just wanted to add that, man, but I am enjoying this conversation. I'm sorry I can't add to it, but this thing is good to me. Well.
1: My husband, this. can I say something real quick just, go, ahead.
6: No, go ahead.
1: Okay, so just like Pastor said, I think that when it comes to dating outside your race, you have to or, or dating. We're not saying don't or do. You date within the boundaries that you can tolerate. Um, you know, and my husband can elaborate a little further on that. But just to give you an example, like I, I grew up in diversity. You know, like I said, I, my grandma would. She would babysit, and then she became a foster parent. We had white kids in the house. I was no stranger to white people, white children at all. And um, my cousins dated white girls, and I would call them on three ways. So I did that. I did that. But just for me personally, when I had a, a, a crush from a white guy, and even just getting to, to know him through phone calls and stuff, I – I straight-up told him, and I'm not dating outside my race, I made that decision at a very young age simply because of, well, with that situation, that was the only opportunity I had, but simply because we were from two different worlds. He came for money I didn't, Um, you know, and he wouldn't understand my struggles. Um, And it was almost like in conversation, he wanted to be able to throw money at the issues as opposed to understand the issues, and even at a young age. I mean, I was in, in high school, 15, 16 years old, but even being that young, I had already made that decision because I already knew who I was. I knew who, where I came from. I knew my, my comfort level, and what I was not going to do was put myself through any more struggle or any more backlash um, For the sake Of uh, dating outside of my race So I'm and People may agree, people may disagree But that was my preference Um, And obviously It, it still is, 'cause because I married a black man I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it Just for what me Myself, what I could tolerate And live within I just couldn't Put myself through that I wouldn't put myself through that So
2: well, I'm gonna tell. This is my this is my my own experience. I'm gonna tell you where a lot of black men get caught up, and it's not that um, they don't love sisters. Or when you were in high school, I'm gonna just use my own stuff as an example. High school, went to a diverse very high school, but for the most part, they did all the black girls. Maybe a white girl here and there on the low. That I wouldn't tell nobody, but claim, prime everything, black. You get to college, and Mm -hmm. them white women come to you like flies to poop. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: You
2: literally have to beat them off of you. And where they're able to get a lot of us and it's not even the compassion or the the sexual connection or anything like that it's more of a what's the word I'm looking for? They're so giving. Where Mm-hmm. You know, just keeping it real, sisters are the opposite. hmm You ask the sister, you ask the sister, hey, grab me a sister. and and it's a little thing. Don't get me wrong, I know brothers that were over the top had girls buying them clothes, shoes, all that. No, that wasn't me, I take care of myself. But you ask the sister, hey, you want to be down, can so you grab me a burger? Nigga, who am I, your mama? You know, it's it's little stuff like it those little things tend to sway um brothers after a while. And
0: that's just being real. I think that at the end of the day, you marry who you love, who respects you. It doesn't matter about the color of the skin or anything else. Because as Pastor said, God created all of us. It was, he, he died for all of us. And if I'm not mistaken, and Pastor's on the line, he can get me right if I'm wrong. Nowhere in there does it talk about a race, talk about a color. I believe that that's a societal thing. So if a white woman respects you, love you the way that you want to be loved, and you can mitigate through all the
2: nonsense,
0: man. And when I say through the nonsense, I'm talking about from society.
2: You marry oh, them. it's nonsense! It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. My wife and I went to the Essence Festival years ago, man. I almost went to jail, thinking not not, not because I'm gonna have to fight the men. It's the sisters, the and the the, the rude comments, and the I mean, just rude and disrespectful. On a whole other level. Mm-hmm.
0: Respect. I'm not talking about respect from other people. Because it's respect from within your home. That's what matters. Race has absolutely nothing to do with anything. That's just a label that society puts on. Period. Mm-hmm. Marry who respects you Marry who love you Marry who treats you good Marry who go accept your kids From previous relationships And who will respect them as well That's who you marry That's who you love That's my take We're going to change directions a little bit We're going to talk about People who, let's say, you give a scenario. You you have a conversation with a loved one. You say, hey, take your medicine, or did you take your medicine? And they say, no, the doctor said it's cancer, but I'm not going to claim it. Well, did you take your medicine? Could you take it anyway? Uh, I'll take it when I get around to it. How is it that I show more concern about your health, about your well being, than be you do? Can somebody explain it to me, please?
2: Hey,
0: uh, man, so you know, I, well,
2: well, men, you know, some, and I, I used to be one of them. We don't like taking medicine, man. I I don't know what it is. I don't know why we genetically disposed to that. My wife used to have to like flat out force my blood pressure pills down my throat. I, I'm not even gonna fake the funk.
1: <laughs> why? If it's something that you need to help you get better, why won't you take it?
2: It's that I don't know if it's that old. I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's we genetically disposed. It's just something about when certain doctors tell us take this, take that? You just I don't know, man. Maybe it's just a militant Negro in me. It was just like <laughs> no, no. Like I used to, I used to question myself. Like fool, why no what And it was just like that. I was almost like that knucklehead third grader. Like no, my thing. Now so you know too a lot of a lot yeah I'm yeah I'm sure too
0: you you from the because you you had a lot of cats that
6: was like that too. Good. Pastor. Well, I can I can give you an example, um, basically. Uh, there's, a, there's a the story of uh, We call it Jonah and the fish Jonah and the whale, whatever But in the, the Bible said that Jonah jumped on a boat In essence he was running from God And he jumped on the boat On the ship, whatever And um, all of a sudden a storm came up And it seemed like the storm came from nowhere But then they started asking the question What's the reason for this storm? And when they found out that it was Jonah, you know, they started throwing everything they had overboard. They would not stop doing it. They kept throwing everything overboard, trying to save the ship and all of this. Jonah told them, look, he flat out told them in the scripture, I'm the reason. The reason you're going through this is because I'm on board. So literally, they tried to throw everything else over. Finally, Jonah said, if you throw me overboard, then you know what? Your storm will end. And... Uh, they didn't want to believe him, but eventually when they threw Jonah overboard, the storm stopped. And I said that because sometimes, man, it, it works two ways. Sometimes, you know what, I'll hurt myself trying to help you. And a lot of us, out of ignorance, will do things like that. You know, we will hurt ourselves trying to help somebody else. I want to look at that side of it because here here, here you mm-hmm. are trying to tell me to take my medicine. And, you know, I won't take it. But yet and still, I've just given you the most valuable thing that I have, which is my time. And I could have been doing something to uh, enhance my own life. And so if we've got people like that, there's nothing wrong with being a caretaker. There's nothing wrong with loving people, reminding people, helping people. But the Bible also says there's a time you got to shake the dust off your feet and go on. You know, and so my question is, you know, how long are we going to sit there and play the fool? If you don't want to take your me- your medicine then you know, I I can't make you take it. That that's just not my role in your life, you know. At some point you got the man up, a woman up or whatever, whatever. And I know that sounds tough, but come on y'all. Come on, y'all. Now why do why do we have to be like that third grader he was just talking about? You know, why why is it like that?
3: Well,
2: I think it goes back to what you said, like the guys on the boat. I said, even though Jonah told them what it was, it was almost like, you know, they, their own reasons. Like, well, that don't make no change, so I don't have to do that. Yes. We're going to do this. Yes. It's just that, that own, um, that old that that defiancey that's in all of it.
6: Definitely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's, you couldn't have said it better as far as I'm concerned. And I think that has a lot to do with it, man. It's like, come on now, you know I'm like this. and You know, I don't get. It. And I know there's some people listening that'll say, listen, I've got a sick relative, and I have to remind them they can't remember. Please understand, we're not, we're we're not stepping into that. That's not what we're saying. We're talking about somebody that's got good common sense, but is ignorant at the same time. You know, here I am. You you're telling me. I'm the problem You're telling me If you kick me off your boat Everything will be okay But yet and still You're going to let me stay on there And I'm going to throw off everything That's valuable to me So it's I don't know man I don't have the patience I need in that area yet.
0: I think for me I'm going to try I'm going to plant the seed, I'm going to do whatever I can, take, I can do, I'm sorry. And oftentimes, when you're trying to do something to help someone else, you got to take a lot with that. They're going to cuss you out, they're going to kick you out, they're going to do everything else except say thank you. But it's to help you, not me. Why do I got to fight you to help you? That's the question.
5: Why do I got to
2: fight to help you? You know, man, what what I've come to learn in my 42 years of life, some people are just naturally defiant. Some people just like to argue. Some people just don't wanna listen. I worked with a... I had a, a, a coworker of mine. You could literally a beautiful woman. You could literally go to her and be like, hey the sky, it's a beautiful blue blue today. Why you say it's blue? It looks great to me. Like anything you say you can say left, she going right every time. You go right, she going left. It's just some people mm. that that's just gotta just got that nature. And if they don't and until and you know what's funny, until they open up their heart or it takes someone that they really care about. Two things changes a person. Either something life-changing that they almost lose their life and they, they realize, okay, I got to make some changes. Or someone comes into their life that they genuinely, genuinely love that they don't want to lose. And when that person calls them out on their flaws, that's the only time, that's the and, and I'm speaking from a skin that they, they actually can see that flaw for what it really is.
6: Mm. I couldn't be that I couldn't be that 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 person is You know Some some folks are just attention seekers You know they know that you're going Mm. to do it And because they know that you're going to do it You know what I don't have to do a thing You know Some folks will use you just like that They know They know You know guess what, they're going to ask me, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. You just got some glory hogs out there, man. You got some folk that are just, you know, look, they'll call me a little bit, watch if I If I don't take that message, I bet that's them right there. And let me tell you, it's not all young people either. Some old people depend on you to baby them, to call them, to, you know, and things of that nature. So you, I think it goes both ways. Some of them are just stuck in their ways and just negative, and you got some that are just uh, just want to be baby. They don't get their attention. Nobody's ever affirmed them, and so by you checking on them, you know that that gives them what they need to feel loved and appreciated. I guess you
2: would say. But neither one of them are correct. In my now, Pastor, you know something you touched on, and I not to switch gears, but you just hit a chord with me that I can't stand that social media that's allowed people to do. You know what just irks me is when somebody's in the hospital or getting something done or having some real, and they post themselves laid up in the hospital bed. Oh, that just irks me. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, let me tell you something, man. Please. I, I'm glad
6: you brought that up. I am not on social media, but my kids are. And when they tell me, your member's on here, and I'm like, how do you know? And they show me a picture of them on there. Oh, you're not getting a visit from me. You'll get my prayer. Don't get me wrong now, please. Don't don't think I'm trying to be rude. But you'll get my prayer. I'll pray for you. But I refuse. If you got the time and the audacity and the nerve to get up here and taking selfies and, you know, grabbing a nurse with you and come on, man. What what you y yo, wait a minute, y'all about to get me I'm about to say some quicks on here. And I'm not supposed to say some quicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: but I hear you, brother. But it's like, I hear you. it's like, who does that? But it just goes back to what you said, man. Some people just really need that attention. And I feel like, you know, me and Quick talk about this all the time. You know, social media has taken that to a whole nother level. So, at
0: what point should you say, you know what, I'm done? I've done what I could do, and now it's actually costing me more than it's costing you or than it's helping you. It's costing me time, it's costing me energy, it's costing me stress only to you still being defiant, and it's helping you. I can't stress that enough, it's helping you.
1: I think, honestly... I just
0: wash my hands?
1: Um, when you talk about the point, I think, honestly, you can only get to that point when you are at peace with whatever God has for that person. Meaning, at peace, whether God leaves that person here and allows them to continue... Being defiant and not taking That medication and doing what needs to be Done in order to live As healthy of a life As they can or You're at peace With if God forbid they pass on And Um you know Once you get to that place of peace With whatever God decides Um then, then that's when you can wash your hair I think that honestly Some of us, you know, from experience I could say that, you know I I um, Have, you know Like my dad Who would have Issues with taking Medication and going to the doctor And just wouldn't go um, The problem for me was I couldn't accept If anything would have happened You know I wasn't ready To accept um, Losing my dad And so I was Willing to stand in and and fight As long as I could as hard as I could To Have him survive For me Um, Kind of selfish but It is what it is I can just be honest About it and Even when I think about it now And um, my heart believes that he's having some issues come come around again now, and I'm trying to talk to him about it, and I'm getting the same defiance, the same responses, and the same answers. And you know, for me right now, it's I I can't hold on to you. It's I'm not worth holding on for. So I'm not going to continue to bad you about your medication and bad you about doctor's visits because if you don't view me and 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 our boys as being worth to fight through this thing for or to take your medication then you know I gotta just be at peace with whatever your destiny becomes. That's when you wash your hands. With, I said that's when you wash your hands with fighting and and pushing and the and the arguing and the bickering about you know trying to stay on track with the medication and the doctor visits. You know, so
6: I'm sure, I'm sure all you guys on here, you know, have, have, have either gone swimming or you know been in a plane before or whatever, but you know. Um Truth be told, if someone is drowning, they'll tell you quickly, don't jump in the water. You throw them a lifeline, but don't jump in the water. If you're flying, they'll tell you before you put, you know, try to save someone else, you put your own air mask on. That's just the rules. That's just the way that it should go. But for whatever reason, we feel like, you know, we can sit up here and, you know, uh, helping you is hurting me. But yet and still, I'm gonna sit here and still take away from my life, trying to get you to live yours. At some point, you know, we need to be slapped in the head and say, "Look, it's time for you to step and go on." You know, now if I keep throwing you that lifeline out there, and you won't grab onto it, you keep telling me, "Come and get me." No, you grab that lifeline. You know, you know. But a lot of times we feel like this is my responsibility to. You know, I'm your savior Listen man, I'm not, I'm your friend I love you, I'll do anything and everything I can for you But I'm not God And at some point You need to get yourself together, you know And I know there's some extenuating circumstances But again On the plane, by the beach They tell you, you give them some help But don't forget to help yourself But yet until still, here we are you know, I'm helping you, but it's hurting me. How long am I going to keep giving you my check and I don't have any lights in my house? It doesn't make sense for me to keep doing that over and over and over again. So, you know, again, um, I dare not get in the way of
3: people that have
6: insinuating circumstances, but just a normal job that wants attention, that wants, you know, that just wants to be negative, that wants to show their anger. You know, that little kid that holds their breath and says, I'm going to hold my breath until, you know, I'll hold my breath until I get what I want. Let me tell you a secret. I bet you they're lying. Don't give them what they want. I bet you they'll breathe again. I bet you they will. I bet you they will. And the same thing with that person. Don't give them their pills. You know, don't stop asking them about it. Either they won't take them and I'm going to make a couple of dollars to bury somebody or they're going to decide, you know what? I mean, y'all, excuse me, I don't get money for funerals, y'all. I was, I was a joke, by the way. But, but are they going to take the medication because they want to live, man? So that's a tough stance to take, but come on, man. How, how long are you going to play this game? How long are you going to play this game?
0: I think that can go in so many different areas. Yeah. Not just with medication, but it could be even Mm -hmm. with rehab or addiction. Mm -hmm. They're not going to quit until they're ready. They're not going to take the medicine until they're ready. We can want it for them all day. And as Pastor just said, Hell, we can hold our breath And they still won't take it They still won't go to rehab We'll pass out or die off And they still won't mm-hmm. So at some point We gotta say, you know what I tried. I'm not gonna really Push the issue But I'm gonna make mention of it Every time we talk Take it or don't take it. Go or don't go. It's on you. All I can do is make the suggestion.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What you think about that? No. Pretty accurate there.
3: Like you
2: said, man, it's uh it's, I don't know man, it's it's so much it's so much to because you got like like Pastor said, so you got people that do it for the attention, but you know, something um it's quick touched on and you know, I, I I do believe, you know, especially depending on the person in the older sometimes the older generation, they just ready to go.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah
3: yeah, mm.
2: yeah, yep, yep. They tired. Well, let me... they tired of the medicine. They tired of being proked and prodded. They they tired. Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. Never thought about that.
2: See, I was raised by my grandparents, man, so I didn't been through that. They tired, man. My my grandmother and I'm gonna let you go, Pastor. My grandmother was a sanctified woman, never cursed, never did none of that. Didn't see half of my dad's stuff that he was in, because if it was profanity or something like that, she didn't participate in it. The day my grandfather died was the first time day she had got to the hospital late. And I remember sitting with her um, the day of the funeral, and she crying, and she was like, if I had just gotten there a little earlier, I could have brought him back.
3: And
4: And
2: it was hard for me to say it, but I had to tell her. I said, Grandma, you were doing that for your own selfish reasons, and that's why he left before you got there.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm. 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 Listen guys I, I I deal with this um, I mean I'm not going to say every day It's not every day But I deal with this quite often And usually It's just like he said With the older age Sometimes You know literally I literally have to Say to the family Listen I can't tell you what to do But it's okay to tell them listen, we'll be okay. If, if, if it's if it's time for you to go on, it, it's okay. We'll be fine. Because a lot of the older people, they'll try to hold on. But in reality, they,
1: they, nobody
6: wants to be poked and prodded. They're tired. And they know that there's something better on the other side. And, and they really do you know, want to go on. And like you said, for our own selfish reasons, we want to keep them here. But exactly what are we doing? We're keeping them here to suffer. You know, and, and you know, again, I'm am not gonna say I'm much better, I'm not gonna say that, you know, but sometimes man, we we gotta just accept what God is allowing. But then there's another side and I this is gonna open up a can of worms, but uh I have to sit and talk to young women especially that have been burned by men and they've gotten themselves back together. You know, we got a little program where you know, we try to help the women with the children and things like that. Just try to get them on their feet. You know, we'll pay a couple of months of their um, bills and things like that. We'll try to get them, you know, a little bit of employment. And then once they get on their feet or whatever, uh, they'll take care of the kids. But then all of a sudden, a nice young man asks them out, you know, hey, look, uh, you want to go get something to eat? And the young women will not, after they've been burned, They will not go out. They will, no, I don't want to have nothing. All men are dogs, on and on and on. And I got to keep telling them, listen, listen, he's a a nice young man. You need to go and enjoy yourself a little bit. It's okay. It's it's only a date. You're not marrying him. And I constantly have to tell him and tell him and tell him. And eventually I get to the point where I just have to say to myself, Listen, you told her the opportunities before her. Stop beating her over the head with it. Stop trying to make her do something she don't wanna do and go on about your business. So it works that way also. There are people that have been burned that feel like, I'm not doing that anymore. So it, it mm. is a very diverse topic, man. It just goes, you know, uh everywhere. There are people that you're supposed to motivate, but there's people that you need to give them information and let them make their own decision. So mm-hmm. regardless of how you look at it, man, we got to find out the real deal about it and we got to make sure that we're faithful in whatever assignment you know, we have. We can't keep coddling people and babying them, but don't kick them away too soon either. So
3: I don't know,
0: Quick, I guess you got to resolve all this for all of us. No, I I really can't. It came to me Um, my grandfather, he passed. He raised me, along with my grandmother. He had prostate cancer. And I had to let him go, you know. But it came to me, I was being selfish. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. He's suffering. Like, he went from... Superman to a Muppet character, you know what I mean, before my eyes. So I'm holding on, being selfish, and he's suffering. But when I came to grips, oh, when God woke me up, it was like, nah, this isn't one what I know but primarily this isn't good for him. And once I saw that and got that realization, I was good. I was good. Because if I I, if I loved him the way that I loved him, I wouldn't want him to suffer the way that he was suffering. That's just me,
1: and 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 to
2: touch on that, man. You know, the same thing with my grandfather. They're they're not there. When when my grandfather was in the bed, eighteen hours of a twenty four hour day, that's not life. He dying in the air. he yeah he's here, but he's dying. Mhm.
0: Yep. So, like Pastor was saying, sometimes we got to let go. Plant the seed, tell them you love them, and let God have it. Yes, sir. And they're still here because because
2: they're through you. they
6: hear. That's it. That's it. That is it. Y'all, I just had this experience tonight. I'm in, um, during the summertime, um, I travel from church to church to church doing what they traditionally call a revival. Basically, it's just um, (laughs) an opportunity for me to go and encourage and motivate other church folks, get up off your butt and go do something. That's basically what I do. And uh, I'm in revival the next several weeks and uh uses nights is three nights a week, some nights is i mean some weeks it's uh all week long, but you know I just got out of revival tonight and um there was a pre- a preacher there, actually he's a pastor, and he's actually my family you know and um he has to do a eulogy we have a funeral on Saturday, and he has to do the funeral on saturday and he told me he said you know he said, um, this hurts more than you know and uh you know, it's his sister, but it's my auntie, and it it does, it hurts. I'm not gonna lie, it does hurt. But he told me he said, you know, um, one of the reasons that it hurts is because she was calling on me. She was saying, you know, can you do something? Can you help me? Can you help me? And he said he knew there was nothing that he could do, but eventually, you know, they got us some morphine, whatever, whatever. And eventually, she just basically stopped hurting, stopped fighting just faded on away. So the funeral will be on Saturday. But he is just broken. He's just destroyed because here he is, somebody that should be encouraging other people and he feels like I failed her when she needed me most. And you know, my thing is, okay, that's my relative and yes it you know, I hate it or whatever, whatever. But it was the time the time had come. And even if he could have done something I don't think there was anything he could do to keep her on this side because the time had come, and so I, I brought it up to let you guys know that, you know, even folks are supposed to be strong or whatever, we struggle in times like this. We struggle with things like this. It's hard for me to look at a family and say, listen, family, I know that you're hurting, and uh, but if you really love Mama, you may want to just let her go now. You you don't want your memory you don't want your memory to be of Mama suffering. You know, mama's ready to go now, but, you know, y'all need to love her enough to, to let her go. Don't stop loving her. Don't stop talking about her, but you got to love her enough. This is not life for her. She's not one to just lay here and everybody to come visit her in the hospital bed. You know, they're telling you she's not going to make it out of here, but this is not her life. Her life has already ended. You're looking at a shell right now, and it's hard to tell a family that because you you seen inconsiderate and, and that's not what you mean at all, but sometimes, you know, as people we just hate to face reality. We hate to deal with the truth. And um oh, it's hard, man. It's it's hard all the way around for everybody. But um I think this conversation is helping.
3: Well you know when some it
2: comes people, to man uh go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, you know, and, and there, there, there are very few fortunate that never really had to deal with death. So when it comes, it's very overwhelming when life has to say that you become selfish. But then there's some of us who, you know, experience life at a young age, you know, funerals, death, losing clothes ones, and we understand that's a, that's a, that's a process of life. And, you know, it's it's, it's easier said than done.
0: Agreed. Now, I'm mindful that as I'm matured and aged, just because they're not here physically doesn't mean that they're dead. And I'm going to elaborate with this. My grandfather who raised me taught me what I know Taught me to be who I am today. So he's not dead. His legacy lives. He may not be here physically to witness it, but every time I speak, every time I laugh, every time I joke, hell, every time I just sit on the front porch or interact with my kids, he's living.
2: You can have said it better. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it's funny you say that because um, my grandmother, man, one of my grandmothers anyway, whenever we would go somewhere, I'm always asking, where are we going? And one of her favorite signs was, one of her favorite scenes was, we're going to see the turkey drink water. That She used love saying that to me. And now. <laughs> My, you know, my kids being who they are in the generation win, when, when they asked me and they're getting on my nerves, dad, where we going? We're going to see the turkey smoke crack. You know, <laughs> you know the, 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 those things. <laughs> the, those, you know, the, it, and it's amazing because as a kid, those little things they used to do that were hurt us, you swore you would never do. You do it without even thinking. No hesitation.
0: So their legacy lives
2: uh-huh. All day And it's going to live through them Because when
0: they have kids They're going to do the same thing Same thing Say the same thing Miss Quick exactly
1: What you think about that? That's deep I mean that's good um, I guess I never thought about it that way you know, so I can definitely agree with it, though.
0: Good. Pastor, what do you think about that? Well,
6: you know, I have to agree with what you said. Um, as a person, we're, in essence, a three-part being. We are, we are a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in a body. And when we die, according to the Bible, what happens is our body goes back to the dust and the dirt. That's why we commit the body, uh, you know, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But that's that's the purpose of all of that. So that body goes back to the dust. Uh, that, that, that spirit, according to the Bible, goes back to God who gives it. But it's our soul that, you know, has to go one place or the other, which is heaven or hell. Now, I'm just talking from the Christian faith. I'm not questioning anybody else's uh, beliefs, i I respect all of that. But based off of what i believe and, and, and what I've read, that body goes back to the dirt, that spirit goes back to God, and that soul goes to heaven or hell. Um, when you said that that person is really not dead, you know, we identify the real person as being that that picture, that outer shell. That's not who that person is. That's that that outer shell is just is what it is. That's how we identify one another. But that real person is that spirit man. And spirits don't die, they just transfer. So whenever you say that, you know, your grandfather's not dead, I can see why somebody would argue with you but I would agree with you because even though you can't talk with him You've had enough conversations with him Until again There's things that you do uh, That you're reminded of him And things of that nature So no I don't think spirits die In the least but I think they just transfer And I think that if we In my opinion had a better understanding of death uh, It wouldn't hurt It's still going to hurt Now don't get me wrong But I don't think it would hurt as bad You know uh, So that's just my little interpretation based off of the Bible. And again, I, you know, that's just how I feel, man. So uh, it helps me to get through things. I know that. As, and I see death. I mean, I just had a funeral Sunday, got another one coming up this Saturday. Y'all, I am so tired of funerals. So, so tired of them. But I understand that, you know. That body just has to go back And all of this stuff But understanding that It gives me the peace that I need to To keep living
0: Well When you put it like that Just that simple I think that Essentially We are saying the same thing So I don't want my memories of you to be laying around. I want my memories of you to be, I guess, in a studious situation to where I'm, I'm learning still. I'm learning. And in learning, you learn how to, when it's time to essentially cut the cord. And continue on with the fruits from the seeds that was planted from our elders. And you put those seeds from the fruit that you are now and are bearing, you put those seeds into your kids. So that legacy, so that spirit will continue to thrive. Is
2: that it? Yeah, I I mean, I, I agree with that. I get that. You know, it's it's so many it's so many ways that that can be interpreted and that that it could go. You know what I'm saying? I think for for us anyway, I think us three on this phone, the people that are on this phone now, we're kind of like on the R. Sam McCord. So. But you know, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. But you know, one thing, not to, not to, you know, throw a monkey or anything too. I think um, you also got to be not careful. But you know, um, when someone transitions, you it's almost better for you to almost not be there when it happens because there can be times there can be situations where no matter how strong or that person was if you're the person that that found that person or you know you're there when it first happens depending on the situation it's something that can no matter how strong or you know vibrant or you know what that person was man it's an image that's burned in your mind that you will never get out
0: you know i agree but then I disagree. That image is there. But the interactions go far beyond that one image. If that makes sense. All the well, lessons that's,
2: that's that's a that's a very good point. That's a very good point.
0: That's, that's
2: a very good point.
0: That still lives. That one image, yeah, it's up to see this. But I remember when we were skipping rocks. I remember when, you know, we were hunting. I remember when all those things. That's what I get. And Initially, I wouldn't have believed that, but I have my relatives who I talk to, they're like, yo, you are just like Uncle John. I'm like, nah, they're like, bruh, you're just like your daddy, man. From the dry jokes to the sternness to everything. So I know he's living. He may not be here to witness it
2: where he still is. Well, I'm a firm believer in spirits and energies and, and all that because, you know, I'm I'm estranged from my mother. My mother never raised me. But I always had somewhat of a relationship with her. And when I tell you my oldest daughter, you would have thought my mother raised her. And she probably only met her twice her, in her 22 years of life. But when I tell you my oldest daughter acts just like my mother, it is terrifying. Just because they've never met, not like that, not for her to have her ways her- just everything you would have thought she she was my mother's daughter, and they takes my aunt like' cause when I first saw it, I just thought that was just me wanting it to be that way, but it took my aunt to talk about it. my mother's sister like, uh, you know your daughter's just like your mother, right. So hmm. it's definitely it's, it's 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 so much more to this universe that meets the eye on so many levels.
0: Hmm. Pastor, give me some enlightenment on that. Well,
6: first of all, man. I've, <laughs> The Bible says, "As a man thinks in his heart, so is he." For the people that don't agree with what he just said, you know what? If you don't think like that, then you're not gonna you're not gonna agree. That's what this brother thinks. That's how he feels. He's experienced that, and it works for him. And so, I think that we need to educate ourselves and read it for ourselves, and and find out that you know what? Just because you've never experienced it, that don't mean it's not true. And I've had the, some would say the pleasure, some would say the displeasure, of being in the room. You know, some families will ask you, "Can you be here with them?" Can you, you know? And at first, I, it was it was scary, uh, but then I saw a beautiful side to it. So I experienced both both sides of it, where you know, um, I heard all the crying all the, you know, all the tears, all the pain, and and it wouldn't leave my head. But then I've seen the beautiful part where they just basically just take a deep breath almost and just go to sleep, just, you know, and and it's literally just beautiful. And I couldn't figure out. I was like, I don't want to see anybody else pass away because it hurts. But then I realized, you know what? What was hurting me and bothering me wasn't what the deceased person was doing. It was what those that were still alive were doing. So when somebody passes away, man, um, if your focus is in the right place, that could be a beautiful memory. That can be a beautiful memory, you know. And uh, But if you can hear also the other people,
0: Cut out, Pastor. One pick up. I think that in a situation like this... Pastor, drop the call. I think in a situation like this, if you believe in the next level, in the next round, that it's to sure that this person is going to be with God, period. So when you see this and you know that they have a relationship with God, if you have a relationship with God, you'll see them again in heaven. So that's that. The biggest thing is legacies live a lot longer and go a lot further than the body does. Period.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. told and you know, in, in each in each situation of death is 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 different. You know, there there are some there are some situations where. You know, you're going to, you know, you know, depending on the situation, you're you're going to cry, you're going to mourn because there there there's different types of death. But you know, when my my mother, when my father's mother passed, she was 92. She had her kids, she got to see her grandkids, and she got to see her great grandkids. And I remember at the funeral, wanting to cry, and I'm looking at my aunt, and she's crying, and you know, other people are mourning. And I was like, and, and and this wasn't nothing but the Holy Spirit at the time come over me to go up and talk because it was kind of down at
3: first.
2: When
0: Brother, you've broken up as well.
2: She's lived her life she's lived a great right. life and if she and if you believe then what she instilled in all of us and you already know she's sitting at the right hand of the father so why are we sad and you know I told a, a quick little story about when she beat me with the bible but that's for another topic and you know it changed the whole atmosphere uh, uh, of the funeral and um, you know that's you know that that's just my, 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 my take on it you know every situation is different but when someone's you know lived a fulfilled life there's no the only reason we're sad is for our own selfish reasons because they ain't a better place.
0: That's true, Miss Quick. What you got to say about that?
1: Man, y'all talking some deep stuff. Um, but you're right. You know, when I sit and I think about just the different experiences with death that that I've had, um, I'm kind of on the fence with one in particular. My grandma, when she passed away, we spoke on the way at college, and we spoke that morning, as we always do before she goes to church. Well, she didn't go to church to that morning service. She went to an evening service, and um, you know, she she took my sister along with her when she passed at church, in church, um, doing what she loved to do. She was down in the basement, you know, preparing food. So, you know, I've I've always kinda hated not being there. Um, but then, you know, my sister was there and I think it it's affected her in such a way that it's that has shaped the rest of her life, it changed her um and so I guess it's kind of one of those things where um I would have loved to have been there, but I'm probably glad that I wasn't because I didn't understand that then as I do now um, and so as far as you know spirit yeah they they transfer. You know, I believe her soul went to heaven, as with, you know, many other souls of of some family members that I've lost. So, I mean, I I can agree with what everybody's saying.
0: There you have
2: it. All right, well, on, on that note, um, I, I enjoyed this conversation with people. My dad is about to go there, and I'm just walking in this house. So um, blessings to y'all, and um, I, I'll be on the line next, uh, next topic, uh, next week.
0: Sounds
2: good. Thank you. All right, brother. All right,
0: y'all. Peace. Well, we you do it. Husband. Is your heart and mind clear?
1: Take us on out.
0: Before we do, we're going to recap. Come on man. Be grateful. Be appreciative in every situation. Mm -hmm. Remember that God created all of us. Don't let society limit you With a label of Race White, black, and what have you Marry who makes you happy Marry who respects you Marry who you love Last but not least The physical May not be here to witness But the legacy Go much further than the body Could ever With that being said Father God we Thank you for this night We thank you for the topic We thank you for The participation we thank you for the Callers we thank you for the listeners Lord we ask that These words bring comfort Bring closure Bring understanding To everyone that hear it, we thank you for the opportunity to wake and shake things up, to make people uncomfortable, to deal with, in order to get closure. We thank you for that opportunity. Lord, we thank you for the strength, the patience to make this happen in your name. We know it's only you, that we are projecting our voices with your mission, with your words. You get the glory, you get the honor, you get the praises. We thank you for allowing us. Thank you for using us for this mission. Lord, we love everybody. We try to do it the way you do it. We know we fall short. But it's love. Our intentions are good. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my brothers. I thank you for the listeners. Thank you for the callers. In Jesus' name, we pray. We love you. Amen. Amen. Family, that will conclude Streets to the Pulpit. We'll be back Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can follow us on all the social media platforms from the streets to the pulpit. You can listen via podcast on all the platforms, Spotify, Google, iTunes, what have you. You can not find us. Tell a friend, share it with a friend, like us, follow us, all that good stuff. Then we'll do it. We'll talk to you next week, family. I'm sorry, we'll talk to you Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Peace, love each other, respect one another, and it's all done in God's name. Be well.